This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought and the more diversity of background of the people working at tech companies, the better. So you have the data scientists, many of them might come from a very technical background. And then you've got the business side, and these are two separate worlds, and they have a very difficult time communicating and understanding what their priorities are. The blockchain idea was around 91, so about the time that the Terminator 2 movie was coming out, the same idea of, in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Everything's downloaded, let's boot up the system. Hello, and welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. Quite possibly the most difficult challenge that members of the IT field have to deal with is the IT language barrier. According to Chad Mantooth from Pinnacle Business Systems, the language barrier makes it very difficult to discuss with less tech-savvy clients on how to fulfill their software and technology needs. For today's podcast, Chad, along with his young protege, Scott Courtney, come on the show to discuss the issues that come with the IT language barrier, the dichotomy between needs versus cost, and what's on the horizon for the IT industry. All right, to kick this interview off, I wanted to ask, while working at Pinnacle Business Systems, what are some aspects of the industry that have stood out to you the most? That there is a different perspective or a different outlook on something regardless of how it's been done in the past or who's done what, there's always a different and unique way to do anything. Nothing is set in stone. And I think we've definitely learned that from kind of the, the transition that's happening within the IT industry at a, the rapid pace that it's moving. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the sort of rapid changes that we've seen sort of in IT. Could you give us a few examples of what some of those changes have been? So... Some of those changes, this will this will kind of hit on this topic a little bit, but it might kind of derail, but it will all come back together. So I recently finished a book called Get in the Boat, and essentially it's a book around the digital disruption and the technologist's role within that, and then the language barriers that currently exist within IT from a perspective of the IT language barrier between, say, the tacticians, the IT people, the operations, and then the actual strategist, you know, the C-level suite. And it really does a good job of going through and looking at the language barrier that the that we deal with from a perspective of what one thinks is important is not necessarily important to the other. So, you know, basically a lot of what we deal with is seeing the IT departments. There's a lot of this, you know, I, I'll call it industry industry term or industry stereotype that, you know, IT is always wanting to be more efficient or do more with less. Well, that sounds really good on paper that, you know, if I can save the company a little bit of money, reduce costs by 2% via refreshing something or or getting rid of some maintenance or buying a new tool but most of the time it never translate to the strategy level or the c level because to them that's not really what's important what's important to them is how do they go out and use these potential technologies to go advance that at the bottom line whether it be more customers you know a more diverse market, uh, more sales, whatever it may be. There's 
there's a big gap um, on the language barrier within many businesses or many organizations today, frankly. We deal with it on our side as well. You know, as, as advisors, as people coming in representing technology, we have some of the same issues that we don't talk to the correct people to really get an understanding of what their goals are from a strategy perspective or an operations perspective, not so much a technical perspective. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when it comes to the sort of IT language barrier and just a lot of technical literacy that we see sort of people maybe in the 40 and above range might not have as much as the sort of younger demographic. How have you made steps to sort of break down these IT language barriers? One is self-educating, right? Um, you know, I've, I've seen this. I've never really known a good way to deal with it. I just so happened to get this book when I was at a conference uh, a couple months back. And, you know, after I read it, it kind of all started to make sense. So all the dots started co to connect of what I've seen over the years, you know, being in, in meetings with uh, IT and working on projects and not really you know, looking back and not really knowing what the goal of that was. Yeah, sure, there's an outcome of we're going to install a new ERP or we're going to put in a new network or we're going to replace our storage or we're going to add some security products. But I never really understood or translated what that meant to the operations team and then also to the strategy team on why that decision needs to be made to go that direction. You know, what is the true benefit outcome for the business, not necessarily for internal IT infrastructure. And Scott, I would like to ask if you have anything to add to this, because since you're, uh, you know, a relatively younger guy in the IT field, do you have, I think you have like an interesting perspective on this. Do you have anything to add? Definitely. Um, so, you know, at first when I, when I started out in IT, I was an intern, um, really just had no clue what was going on. I walk in, you know, I'm hearing all these acronyms and all these words that you know, I've never heard before. They don't teach you this stuff in school. Um, and I was really overwhelmed. I was, I was intimidated. I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. But slowly, you know, you start picking up on some of this stuff, kind of where things plug in, where things work. And uh, at where I'm at now, I'm still not, you know, up to par on knowing everything. But I'm learning to kind of appreciate that language barrier. And, uh, I see it as more of an advantage, you know, not anybody can just jump into this industry and then start selling. You know, you gotta, you gotta know your stuff. So, you know, I, I used to be, like I said, intimidated by being so young and doing this, but you know, I've had some really good, some really cool people tell me like, man, I wish I would have gotten into it when I was your age. Uh, I really wish that, you know, I would have started learning this stuff when I was as young as you are. So that's really encouraging for me to hear. And I do take that to heart because you know, here down the road, two or three years, hopefully I just, you know, know all this stuff and don't have to think about it. And I won't even really notice the progress that's been made because it just works so well. So hopefully like, like in, in kind of a translation, I'll be, I'll be speaking fluently, you know, this IT language. And Scott, this is a mostly a question for you, but Chad, if you have anything to add, please chime in. Do you feel that because you're younger in the IT field and because that people that sort of, you know, grew up in the like late 90s, early 2000s, 2010s, who are much more techni uh, technically literate because we had high-speed internet, do you believe that you're at an advantage compared to people who might be jumping into the industry in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s? 
you know, I, I joke around about that a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't know about being an, an advantage. I mean, technology's changed substantially in the last couple of decades, and you know, these guys that have been around it for that time have, have really gotten to witness something special, and it still is. You know, it's still on an ever-changing pace. But um, you know, I like to joke around with customers and stuff. I say, look, I haven't been in this too long, but I have been in here for about a year now. So if I haven't even heard of the stuff that you've got and stuff you're doing, it's, it's time to rip you know, We need to get some shit out So that's kind of an ongoing joke. Yeah. Hey, you know, Scott, I, I try to use Scott didn't even know what the infamous AOL dial-up sound was. Seriously? Okay, yeah. come on. He had no idea what that was. I, I knew what it was. I knew what it was. I knew what it was. Yeah, it's just because you saw it on a commercial. I had a MySpace account. Okay, so sort of switching gears a bit, uh, in the pre-interview survey I sent out, uh, you mentioned uh, something along the line of IT has to stop being about cost-saving measures and more focused about on the desired outcomes of the particular business. Could you kind of explain the dichotomy between the two? Yeah, so I, I relate that to two things, uh, efficiency and effectiveness. And though they sound, you know, much the same they're actually very different so you know i define efficiency as that's you're wanting to do more with less right you're focusing on doing more with less money time people whatever it may be right um but then i go back to you know if if i'm a multi-billion dollar organization i have uh eight percent of the it budget um you know, a percentage of that maybe is the network budget. I'm down to like 200 million or something. And another portion of that is a, another representation of a product within that set. You know, if you save 2% on that, it looks really good on paper, but does that really translate when you get to the C level? Because yes, you did save some money, but what if instead you could focus on effectiveness, which is more bang for your buck, or I'm going to spend money to make money, right? I'm going to spend money on some technological technological advantage that's going to give me a competitive edge in the market. It's going to allow me to be more efficient. It's going to allow me to do different things at the operational level, reduce costs, whatever it may be. But from a perspective of it's going to allow me to do more with more. So it's a continued, I'm trying to grow, not just shrink and save to do more with less. And a kind of a prime example of that is, you know, take UPS, for instance, um, you, you will rarely ever see a UPS driver make a left-hand turn. And, you know, this is a change that they implemented after gathering data and statistics and looking at it at a perspective of, well, if they only always make right turns, they can complete their routes X amount faster, right? Because they don't, they, yeah, they don't have to sit at a left-hand light and go left. It's always right on red, right? So they're always making right-hand turns, so they're more efficient. So they had to go spend money, but in return, it made them more money, more competitive, and more efficient. And this sort of actually ends up tying back to the idea of sort of the IT language barrier in a sense, have you found it challenging to explain to businesses 
you know, hey, instead of trying to do this as a potential cost saver, you can do this with what you have and turn it into something that is really effective and can achieve your goals, even though it might be, you know, more expensive. Has that been a struggle to explain to people? I believe it has been a struggle for me. And, you know, one of the reasons it's a struggle for me personally is I've I've never worked on the customer side, you know, for an actual customer dealing with the types of things they deal with when they're communicating from the IT to the senior level. I've always been more on the consulting side. So it definitely is an issue in my perspective because most C-level or I would say, you know, most people don't really understand that language. And they don't understand that language because it doesn't translate to kind of what I just talked about unless they're in tune at the business strategy level. So if the strategy is not getting pushed down, then of course the the other way is not going to happen either, right? The technologists just aren't as involved uh, at the strategy level as I, as I think they should be. Yeah. And, and kind of going off that, um, I mean, you're always going to have kind of a diverse set of, of customers. You know, you've got your customers where price might be their, their biggest factor. You know, they just, they just want something cheap that works and you know, that's fine. But you know, you've got your other customers who are willing to spend a little bit of money, but that's up to you to kind of show them the value that they're getting with that extra dime. So what I, yes, to answer your question, yeah, it's difficult. But what I like to lead with is, is I want to show the customer that what I'm doing is customer centric. You know, I'm, I'm trying to meet your needs, like not just the industries. I'm trying to meet your specific needs, your specific future business goals. Uh, I saw a post on, on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. It said something like uh, Netflix didn't kill, kill Blockbuster, you know, ridiculous late keys did. And, and Apple didn't kill the music industry, being forced to buy a full length album that you know, if I can sit there and kind of pitch myself to a customer as being somebody that's that's trying to help them individually and not just, you know, this type of customer, just I'm trying to help you sitting across from the table for me, then uh, I think that's where that value is easily shown to them. All right. Fantastic. Okay, guys, I got just one more question for you. And it's what do you see on the horizon for the IT field as a whole? I haven't been around too long, so who knows what's to come. And, and I think that uh, a lot of people might sit here and, and tell you what they think is going to happen on the horizon. Who knows? Everything's kind of going at such a quick pace that, that anything could happen. I think a lot of people are taking big steps in their technologies. Uh, there's a lot of companies you know, getting acquired out there. You're, you're either getting eaten up or you're eaten up. You know. So who knows? Uh, companies are growing and, and shrinking all over the place, but you know, I'm excited to be a part of it and just along for the ride. Fantastic. Chad, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yes. So I believe we are on, on a curve of, you know, I, IT to me, since I, I've been around a little bit, I haven't been around as long as some in the industry, but, you know, we're, we're coming full circle again from, you know, centralization to decentralization. And I believe the decentralization shift is going to happen. Most companies have a shared service model where, you know, they, they share the data platform, the security, the compute resources. Uh, some of them might share the applications. Um, but I think what we're seeing is the speed of business or the speed to market is why the rise of SaaS and cloud-based systems have become 
more more relevant within businesses because you know say you're a marketing person trying to put out a promotion you really just need specific a specific application you know you might need some of the data that you have but it's more of a decentralized customer centric model versus a centralized shared services model so i think we will continue to see more of that um, especially as the consumers start to change and continue to change on just the way that they the way they interact with businesses today it's it's much different than it was in the past chen scott thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe for previous podcasts articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.